Hey listener, to wherever you may be at in the world, welcome to another episode of A Different Kind of Special. Today's topic is What is Truth? Part 2. And after all the feedback and positive comments, I thought we'd go back and break it down one last time. Our guest today is Stephanie, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at A Different Kind of Special to get the latest updates and every time we upload a new episode. Listen and enjoy. Stay tuned to find out what Stephanie's different kind of special is with God. This is brought to you by your host, Ava Giannis. Okay, so we're here with Stephanie, and after all the feedback we conducted from you as listeners and an audience, we decided that it would only be right to do a part two and really break it down as to what scenarios specifically Stephanie endured to overcome overcome it and not only that but how that influenced her perspective of what truth ultimately is so let's begin with um why do you see truth from one of two ways i think in answering that question part of it was just answering it in my current frame of thought which is constantly looking for what is the truth in this situation? What is the truth in this scenario? You know, right now, when I read the news, when I hear what's going on, what what is the truth and how do I find the truth? Um, And I think everyone in the world is asking that question, whether it's of this time or just different things throughout our day. How do we conduct our truth in this situation? Right. And, and that's a really valid place to come to, to pursue truth. For me, it ha- it comes right back to who is truth and viewing it through through Christ, because He ultimately will inform the you know my He'll inform me in in with wisdom and with understanding in the situation or through the situation. I'll go back to scriptures and and listen to His teachings and look for the practical applications, because again, yeah. you know it's it's not trying to be necessarily Christ-like, but it's allowing Christ to work his truth in me. And Mm -hmm. so the more that I'm in his words and in fellowship with him, I can better allow him to move through these situations. And it's not just, okay, I know how to handle this situation, you know, in an argument or confrontation with this person, I know I can act this way because that's christ (laughs) It's not, for me, it's not that. It was at one point, that's what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. But now it's saying, okay, here's the situation. I see how I can handle it. I know how I would like to handle it, but Holy Spirit, how do you, you want to handle this? Is there an opportunity for you to come through um, in, a, in a unique way that you would like to? Right. And more often than not, he does. And it's incredible. And so for me, that, that experience of truth, because it has happened multiple times. Can you give us an example of one of those? Um, sure. One that was really recent, um, someone in a circle group that I, I was completely new to, I didn't know them, uh, just had a way about them that came off a bit confrontational, mm-hmm. but was really, really um, cool with everybody else. So, okay, yeah, what's this? Like, like, okay, is this, this me? Yeah. It was you like, know, like, is this person not like me? Did I do something? And like, I, you know, you look internally. Mm-hmm. What just happened? And I kind of wanted to, you know, like grab one mm-hmm. of the friends and be like, yo, I don't think this person cares. <laughs> yeah. But I felt the Holy Spirit saying, no, don't don't say anything. Don't say a single thing. 
And I knew it, like I, I felt that pull in my heart. I knew that if I were to open my mouth and say anything- It would go wrong. No, it would, um, it's, uh, I'll say I'll say it like this. It's like, I would be going against what the Holy Spirit had just asked me. It would feel mm-hmm. wrong in my spirit. I, I, I don't know how to explain that other than it would just, it would just feel wrong. So really not your ways, but God ways. Yeah, but I didn't know why or what. And a part of me felt justified. Like, I'm not gossiping. Like, I'm just saying, like, I don't think this person likes me. You're bringing it to somebody's attention. Right. But, you know, more questions come up. You know, why? Why, Stephanie? Why do you need to say that? What what are you trying to gain from the situation? It's like, you know what? Those are questions that don't need to be answered. I I don't need to go into this. Yeah, and I think so many people get so caught up into, like, the how-to part. But really, Mm -hmm. we don't always need to know that. Right. section. So I left it alone. I said, okay, I won't say anything. Time goes on. I don't know, maybe a few weeks go on until something, and I can't get too personal into the conversation, just mm-hmm. um, out of respect for the person. Mm-hmm. Um, just a different avenue of, of interaction was was introduced through just like an off comment. Mm-hmm. And that person opened up so much to me. Yeah. And like, I think like this past, like a few months ago, I was like, I, like, it really hit me. Like, everybody truly has a story, you know? And it was just, like, if you take the time to listen, they'll tell you. But, like, so many of the times we just decide to look the other way. Oh, that person acts that way just because they were that, they're born that way. Or, But, like, really, do you know, like, what their home situation is? What happens behind closed doors? Because they might portray to be somebody they are, like, right now. But, like, you would never have imagined in a million years that person's going through that. Exactly. And that was exactly the situation. And it wasn't just what that person was going through, but what that person had had overcome. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I was able to stand there and to understand, wow, this is why, this is who you are. And this is, these are, this right. is the story. This is what you've overcome. This is why you are now built in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's amazing to see that. And so the gift to me in that moment from the Holy Spirit was, Here's how you can see, you you see into the hearts of my people. Yeah. By it, yeah. letting space, leaving space for them to tell their story mm-hmm. in my time, not in yours. Yeah. So. so is your story of truth as a Catholic different from your story of truth as a Christian? I knew when I said that in the last interview, that was going to be a really hot topic. That was going to be something... Um, that would come up and I thought about it for a really long time. And it, it's a conversation that I think I've had my entire life, you know, even as a, like a kid in high school and, you know, friends of Protestants, Protestant churches, their parents, you know, telling me as they're taking us to softball practice, you know, like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? As a Catholic, like, you know, don't you know, this is not okay. That's idolatry, blah, blah, blah. So this conversation has always been around me. And I've always turned around and asked my family, like, hey, yeah, what do we do here? Like, why, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. What does it mean? Um, and so, and then even now as an adult, I hear the conversation still, and the tone hasn't changed. There's still this tone of accusation. There's still this feeling of who's right and who's wrong. There's still this pursuit of truth over what Holy Spirit showed me recently was listening to the story of the person. Mm-hmm. And... A big part of me is like I, I want to tell I want to tell this story because of the gift that 
that God showed me through this. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't the story that I wrote. This is a story yeah. that he wrote for me. Mm-hmm. And as I see it and my heart opens to it, I, I'm grieved by it. What holds you back? It's not an easy subject to, to talk about. Right. And um, because my stance on it is how I, I love the Catholic Church and I love the Protestant Church. Mm-hmm. Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever, whatever you want to call yourself, I love. It's and a there's, title. there's no but. Mm-hmm. And in most conversations, there has to be a but. There's a but this or a but that. That doesn't sound very right. Sorry. <laughs> um, there's a doubt. Well, what, what there's what it seems that we're seeking is is that period. You know that this is final. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know how long I have here, but the Lord's are, you know, obviously has an interest in showing me something. But these churches are, you know, thousands of years old. These practices, these these religions, there's a story. It just didn't happen overnight. Right. So how can I come along and say, here it is. This is the truth. I can't do that. All I can say is, here's my story. It blew me away. And... I'll share it and put it on the table and you can dissect it however you want. You can keep it or throw it away. Um, you can be whatever you need to be, but I would, I would very much like to share how the Lord softened my heart because that's the part that I want to share. Yeah. Do you want to share that? Yeah. 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 Um, so I'll kind of go back to answering your question is, um, my truth as a Catholic different from my truth as a Christian. I remember asking my grandma when I, I don't know, maybe junior high, and um, we call her mom. She didn't like grandma. She always wanted to be called mom. Yeah. So mommy. My I, grandma too. My grandma too. Really? Yeah. yeah. She, I thought it was just she goes, no, call me mama. I was like, you're not my mom. You're right. my grandma. I'm calling you grandma. I don't care. <laughs> Even my mom calls her mom. So it's, it's fantastic. Um, but I asked her, I said, Are, am I Christian or am I Catholic? And she laughed. She's me how you're both. To be Catholic is to be Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, you, you follow Christ. And in my head, it's like, oh, okay, so why is there a difference? Title. Perhaps, maybe, whatever. Um, and it went on and on like that. You know, like I said before, friends, you know, I remember, and these are people that I love, people that I trust, people that my family trusts. And I remember sitting in the car and they're like, you know, why do you worship the Virgin Mary? Don't you know that that's wrong? You're not supposed to pray to anybody. You're only supposed to pray to God. This, that, and the other. Go back to my grandma. Why? Why do we do this? Do we do this? And her explaining that we do not worship. We we um, we venerate. We venerate Mary, and in the same way that we ask our brothers and sisters to pray for us here, we ask the saints and and Mary to pray for us, intercede for us on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, and having this, you know, we'll call it, you know, the the salvation experience. Because I'm right. just not in. I'm not into labeling those things anymore. I saw how my putting titles on those markers, those indications of experience with experiences within the Christian faith, mm-hmm. started to create these the structure that just didn't feel authentic to what Holy Spirit was actually trying to do. So, you know, I'll, I'll say that. But um, yeah, with with that salvation experience, um, seeing things differently and hearing the Christian argument of, 
you know, we're not supposed to have idols. We're not supposed to pray to anybody or ask for anybody, or even more than that, it's a crisis before the throne interceding on our behalf day and night. You know, he is the great intercessor, but then yeah. there's the cloud of witnesses, you know, who are praying for us and cheering us on. And so there's just this back and forth. Yeah. This, this tension. Mm -hmm. And I was not okay with it. I was just really not okay with it. It was, it was difficult. And so you feel your, you know, you feel your hands come up really quick and you start to score off like, hey, this is how I was raised, you know, like, yeah, this is my belief. I'm standing for it. I'm standing on it. But behind that, I'm also asking questions. I'm just not sure. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not Doubt. understanding what's going on. So, you know, in walks Holy Spirit, or so I thought, you know, at, at mm -hmm. that time, I thought all of a sudden God showed up for me. You know, and right. like I said, had that salvation experience or whatever. Um, and one of the things, one of the things that I think really started to shift the conversation for me was um, quite a few years ago. Um, one of my family members went through a really difficult, uh, just super difficult diagnosis, mm -hmm. and we spent a lot of time in San Francisco um, fighting that fight. And I was not ready for what I saw and what I endured with her. I wasn't ready to watch her go through that. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, um, it just knocked me back so hard. And I was new to the Protestant church at that time. Mm -hmm. So when with the charismatic people, the laying on of hands, the praying, the prophesying, the believing for the healing, um, you know, the signs and miracles, all those types of things. And I'm learning right. a lot about the word of God. Um, more than I think I had known before. And I'm going through this thing, I'm walking through this thing, and I'm able to pray with her in a way that I had not prayed before. I'm able to, you know, seek the Lord in a way that I wasn't able to seek before, mm -hmm. but we were not seeing healing. Okay, you weren't like seeing in your result. Right, so if this is what the Protestants say, this is what we why believe. Isn't why isn't it happening? But then coming out of the Catholic Church, how did I get this ability to, how did I, how did I hear, how do I hear like I'm hearing now when I wasn't hearing before? Mm -hmm. How is this experience shifting? So they're both moving at the, at the same time. Um, so my family is practicing Catholics. Um, and it was an extensive just diagnosis and, and uh, you know, it, it involved a surgery that um, was just very hard on her face. The cancer was in her face. Mm -hmm. And so it was visible. What she was going through was visible. Right. And uh, one day we wanted to go to, to a mass. They wanted to go to a mass and, and, um, and pray. And we found one and they were doing an anointing of the sick. And when we got there, we walked up to the altar and, and um, you know, she asked the priest, you know, we came for the anointing. And mm -hmm. he said, oh, he said, it's, we just we just finished the mass is over and i'm standing behind her and i can kind of see her body just fall over and she didn't fall like over like physically or like no not physically but spiritually just that feeling like it, i don't know how to explain it yeah maybe you can say i saw it in the spirit i don't think so i think it's just when grief is so visible on somebody yeah. you know that their stature just becomes so small mm -hmm. and i saw that on her and then i heard her voice crack when she asked, you know, is it too late for me? And when I heard that, I broke. I just broke. I just, I couldn't. And then it was mm -hmm. more of like, 
okay, how am I standing at your altar, God? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going through all of this, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. I don't get any of this. Mm-hmm. But he said, yes, mercifully, or, or I said, no, mercifully, he said, uh, you know, go and pray. I'll go get the oil. Mm-hmm. But where he told them to go pray was where the, the statue of the Virgin Mary was. Right. So here we go. This is <laughs> everything everything <laughs> you were just trying. Let's to. just go and talk, you know, let's just keep going with this. And so I'm standing there like, do I kneel and pray or not? Because I'm, I thought I'm supposed to just kneel for the Father. And I'm, I'm really asking all these questions. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot in of seconds. us in, in seconds, seconds. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of us ask these questions, and it's like this, just being bombarded with the questions that I've grown up with in my youth, you know, hitting me all at once in the middle of this storm, this raging storm. And so, I decide not to kneel, but I'm I'm praying. I'm praying, you know, in my mind to Jesus, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to do. The the priest comes and he anoints her, and and we just we for us we felt. Like it was, it was just God looking out for us, you know, like that. It was a blessing right. and, and who doesn't want to receive a blessing. And so we went back to the pews and we sat down and we knelt and we prayed and I'm still sitting there going, Jesus, I don't know what to think about this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Like you mm-hmm. legitimately showed up in my life, you know, I'm, I'm following this Protestant church now, mm-hmm. but I'm right sitting right here in the Catholic faith. Right and and this I is started. home, like this is home. Like I know this feels like home, but what am I supposed to do here? And in that moment, I, I felt him come and sit on my right hand side. I felt Jesus sitting wow. there and I could tell he was looking forward and my aunt and my mom are to my left and he was just looking forward. And I hear him tell me, Stephanie, I am not nearly as bothered by this as you are. Wow. And I was like, okay, was that Jesus or am I making that up? Like, <laughs> yeah. They're gonna, you know, they're trying to mess with me. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to lead me astray. But I, I didn't, I, I really, in that moment I was seeking him in truth. Mm-hmm. And I believed that he answered me. And I've walked with that, like I've held that, like, you know, like something so precious in my heart and in my pocket. And I had to kind of take it out and look at it. And like, so you're not bothered by this, like this isn't, not that it doesn't matter to you, but like, what are you looking at then? Mm-hmm. Like, if you were looking, like, I, the what I felt, what his expression was, was he was just fixated on something and he was not taking his eyes off of it. Mm-hmm. And so when I went home and I was just processing all this stuff and I'm thinking and I'm, I'm writing and journaling, that's how I, I process the best. I started to ask like, well, if he's God and he's the father and he's good, and what did he see? What was he looking at? What was he, what was he looking at? And I, I remember writing something to the extent of, you know, when, when, when what you have created for the sole purpose of loving reaches out to you in a, in a moment of despair and an honesty, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that there's nothing else on your mind but yeah. answering that call. Right. And so when I, when, I process it like that. I look at it and I say, well, one has to win, right? I have to walk with one of them. Right. Um, but in truth, I walked with both of them, but I let one lead more than the other. And mm-hmm. I let that perspective of the father lead more mm-hmm. than the other. Mm-hmm. Because if, if I believe that Jesus himself said, I'm not as invested in this as you are, <laughs> 
And if I look at this and I think of my own parents and I've been blessed to have great parents, like no matter what I have done or what I, I can, I would possibly fall into, if I called them, they would be there. And the scripture says that, you know, even you who are, are good parents, you know, is, you know, is the father in heaven, is he not better? And that's a, you know, paraphrase, but the idea is mm-hmm. us who are, are, you know, prone to error and sin, we can be good how much more our, our perfect father in heaven. So I chose to lead, let that lead me. And I went ahead and held that. It's like, okay, this would be interesting. It's amazing. So that's that's yeah. one. Right, and we <laughs> also talked about um, what it is to have truth, but you could see it from what is truth versus religion. So why do you balance both? So... I, okay, so when that was happening with my aunt in San Francisco, um, that frustration of like, hey, this is what we're kind of, this, this church that I'm participating in, this is what we're believing, but it's not happening for me. I didn't know how to hold it. I didn't know what to do with it. Um, and and it was it was weighing on my faith. And I didn't feel like I could go to anybody in that. And let me rephrase that. There were few people I felt I could, I could trust that would allow me to process my grief and my right. frustration without trying to fix me or mm-hmm. push me into a belief. Yeah. And the ones that could sit with me are the ones who have been through stuff, mm-hmm. who have been through very difficult and trying things, who have lost or sacrificed and let God work in their, work lives. In their lives and bring them to where they are. And so what I learned from them and their wisdom that they shared, they taught me was that it's okay to let people be in their process. You do, you're not, they don't, needs you to rescue them and you probably shouldn't yeah <laughs> but you can be a friend to them and, and mm-hmm. sit with them you can be their guide yeah so um try to find my train of thought again <laughs> um yeah so because there was such a limited amount of people that i felt i could really um talk to in that time i went ahead and left that church which if you're now seeing a pattern with me is that i walk away <laughs> <laughs> um not very proud of that but hey it's fine. The Lord definitely used it. So yeah. I didn't know where to go, but I needed to be somewhere. And my grandma, um, who who's she's she wanted to be a nun. Thank <laughs> God. Thank God she wasn't. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. But, you know, she's very devoted to the church. She says, Mija, come and come and play in the choir with me. I play guitar. Come and play with me. I need people. You play guitar. Mm-hmm. A little bit. And she taught me. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and she taught me how to read in Spanish so that I could read for the Spanish mass. And then that began this time of going back to the Catholic church and and being there and sitting there and it's a Spanish mass and I'm not fluent in Spanish. So sometimes I would zone out, but most of the time I would catch things and then that would prompt a prayer and different things. And again, I learned this love of the Catholic faith in the, in the practices, you know, you want to call them the rituals or whatever, but the Holy Spirit also reminded me of like, Hey, remember that catechism teacher you had, you remember what she said when she broke down the phases of the mass and why we do this and why we kneel here and what this is and what that is. And all of a sudden I think, just the events of my life up until that point allowed my heart to be open enough to participate in those things and really meet the Lord there. And so, you know, that was over eight years ago. And there's parts of the mass that I know when they're coming, I'm going to cry. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, it was a beautiful experience then, and it continues to be a beautiful experience now. And I, I can't leave that. You know, I'm reminded of as a child, you know, I, I was the the angel in the Christmas Eve kind of um, 
play or what have you, the, the midnight mass. Mm -hmm. I was the angel that brought baby Jesus to the altar. My uncle was Joseph and my mom was Mary. And I remember that so vividly. And so why do I hold both? Why do I want to have this conversation? Because what the Lord has allowed me to see now is, again, I he established me here. It was not accidental. It was not for the sake of, of trouble or exposing one religion to be less than or greater than the other, but it yeah. was him saying, this is my home. These are my people. This is my home. This is my people. Uh, and this is where I have you. And this is where I want you. And this is where I want you to meet me. Mm -hmm. It no longer becomes about me and what I believe and how I believe it. It becomes, and there's a, a song that, that I love. Um, it says, where you go, I go. What you say, I say. And it, it feels like that. And so the right. moments in the Protestant church, you know, with, with, the, with worship and with just different things, it's, again, just seeking him there in the Catholic church, seeking them there, being able to participate in, um, in Pentecostal churches, it's seeking him there and knowing that he's working in, in all of these things. So is there a right or a wrong? I'm not here to answer that. I could never answer that. I, I, I cannot speak and discredit anything that the Lord or the Spirit has done in any single life. I am not that wise. Right. I am, I am not. Um, I have been blessed to have had my heart broken in a way that he was able to put the pieces together with his, his tenderness. Mm -hmm. And... And that's what makes me excited to to keep going, to move forward. So it makes me excited to keep to visit other other churches in the Christian faith. Yeah, I like that. So how do you seek guidance? Well, part of it is um, well, there's a really simple, practical thing that I do, um, and, and one of them is I just I just pray. And I think I, if I heard your story correctly, you, you kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Where I say, hey, I, you know, I have this question or I'm just kind of thinking about this. You know, I, give me someone to talk Show to, me you know, bring, yeah. bring me someone. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, within a, within a day to a week, I'll end up having a conversation with somebody like, oh, that was it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I'll have somebody on my mind and um, it's like, I'll, I'll give them a call. And, you know, there's times where it's like, oh, I'll call. I'll call this person, you know, I consider him a brother. I, I trust him, you know, I'll talk to him. And then we'll be talking and it's like, no, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to ask, you know. Yeah. And then he says something and it triggers. It's like, oh, okay. So I can't ask yeah. in this situation. So it's just this fun learning yeah. process of, you know, sometimes God answers very quickly. He answers immediately. Sometimes he answers through our hesit hesitation. Yeah. And it's just, it's just amazing to me that we're, we can we can walk in a way that we're able to see him moving we're able to see him answer prayers mm -hmm. but that's that's that alone is miraculous yeah so um what would you recommend to someone who is soul searching for guidance the lord is a rewarder of those who seek him that's in the scriptures um one that that i'm reminded of that always makes me smile is um it's the glory of God to conceal the matter and the glory of kings to seek it out. Uh, God, God hides in plain sight. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't, um, he'll conceal things, but he, he's a good father. You know, he wants us to find them and he wants, he'll, he'll allow us to go through that process 
because he knows what it'll produce in us. So the seeking is great. If it's painful, it's still good. It's going to produce something good. Yeah. Um, if it's joyful, it's good. It's going to produce something good. If you're seeking and you're seeking guidance, pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him. Ask him to guide you first and then um, look for him to, to send people. Right. He'll always confirm his works. And, and there's I've learned that there is a sense of, of peace that follows. Mm-hmm. You'll feel um, a peace, not a, a like a, ooh, I like this, or this is fun, or this is comfortable, but there's just like this. Rest- restoration almost. Like a quietness that yeah. settles, yeah. And it could be different for different people. Mm-hmm. That's That was for me. And I know that I know that at least another friend that I had, I had um, talked with, she said the same thing. So I was like, okay, cool. I wonder if this is like a thing. Yeah. You know, this is something that people experience. Yeah. So how do you see in the spirit outside of church? Um, what do you mean? Um, so we see in like in the worldly way, right? But like, how do you see like maybe that person's going through something? So there's... Um, I'll share stories with my sister and, you know, recently she goes, you know, Stephanie, that happens to you a lot. And I laugh. I say, yeah, you, you think I'd, I'd pick up on it by now. You know, I, <laughs> I wouldn't realize it, but, um, you know, sometimes I, uh, I'll, I'll sense things and I won't, I don't even understand like what I'm, what I'm feeling or what's going on. Like a friend of mine, one time I, I kept thinking about them. I'll say, oh, I, I gotta call them. I gotta, you know, I haven't seen them. I gotta reach out, see what's going on. And I kept putting it off, putting it off. And then after a while, you know, we, we end up connecting and they were going through, they were just going through stuff. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, you should have gone this one sooner. This is why. Well, yeah. and it was funny because they made the comment, like, you know, you know, you, I think you know without knowing. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that because, again, I'm not here to rescue anybody. I, I don't yeah. have a, this, you know, that's, that's it's not, not your job. <laughs> no, that's not my job. Um, but I am here to, to be a friend. And so when, when the Holy Spirit prompts those things or shows those things, um, then I can I can show up and extend the friendship that the Holy Spirit has shown me. I mean, I can only I can only give what He has given me, and my responsibility is to give what He has given me. That's the only way in the kingdom to to ensure that you will have something. You have to give it away continuously. Yeah. So, yeah, spirit wise, um, yeah, there's just it's yeah, it's really fun. I I will sometimes like I said sense things without knowing. Um, conversations will just kind of happen and you, I don't know, there's just a knowing for me anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. I really enjoyed listening to what you had to say. Thank you. Thank you for There is our final breakdown on what is truth part two. I hope you enjoyed gaining her perspective of things as much as I did. I always learn something new and awesome from Stephanie and she never fails to leave me in awe. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for next week to find out what our next guest, different kind of special is with God.